Previously on Timehole. Crossing my fingers, crossing my toes. Push the button and here we goes. <laughs> Brace yourselves. You've now arrived on the 22nd of June 1963. Holy a shit. A time of groundbreaking music, revolutionary social movements, and bold fashion choices. Wow. I'm excited. I love the 60s. What's our assignment, Adele? Please watch and review Tom Jones, featuring Albert Finney in the titular role as a roguish yet charming young man navigating 18th century English society. Enjoy the cheeky escapades. Wow, oh, interesting. Geez. I mean, oh jeez. <laughs> Working in the garage late one night, producer and computer programmer Gabe Dannon was attempting to create a sentient podcasting AI when he accidentally stumbled upon the code for time travel. With the materials he had at hand, Gabe built a machine he was certain would carry him into the past. With his trusty friend Anastasia Vigo by his side, he embarked on the maiden voyage. But an error in the machinery sent the duo hurling through random dates, unable to move on until they review a work of pop culture. Are Gabe and Anastasia forever trapped in the time hole? If anyone can hear us, we are still in the time hole. <laughs> Please. It's been so long. <laughs> it's starting to feel taxing, right? Yeah. I also was wondering, like, what is time travel doing to our genetic, our bodies, you know, our biology? We don't yeah. know. No, we don't know. I mean, at the very least... If and when we ever return to 2023, we'll be, you know, however many weeks older than we were when before we left. Right. I'm aging right now. I mean, if we got home next week, that would be great. Right. I won't be years older than my wife, but who knows? Maybe, maybe I won't return until I'm old. Yeah. Maybe they won't be able to return me to anything but like 2026 and I'll have like a castaway moment where I have to come home and see my wife has moved on. She's married to um, Greg Kinnear. Is that who she's married to in that? I, I don't I don't remember. I think she, it's just like a nobody guy. Okay. For some reason, I'm picturing her with Greg Kinnear. More about both of them definitely to come. Just... <laughs> planting a seed right there but okay first of all i'm anastasia oh and i'm gabe yeah so we're in the past we got stuck in a time hole because and that's another thing that is taxing is that i am burdened by this guilt of having brought my friend anastasia back in time with me you don't have to feel guilty was it you didn't do it i'm more mad at adele our time machine yes so we have a time machine. She's, a, as far as I can tell, a sentient AI mm -hmm. who is able to take us from random time to random time. And we don't have any control of it of, at all. Yeah. I'm going to have to get so much plastic surgery and Botox to make up for <laughs> 
the time I've been away look my youthful self when I get back. Yeah, we're going to like return to all our family and friends, but we're going to be like all Irishmen out where we look young, <laughs> but we move like old people. Exactly. Our backs hurt. <laughs> but we're all stiff, jointed, but we look super young. <laughs> help us. Help us, Marty. De-age us. <laughs> Um, Adele, are you having fun time traveling? I don't have the capability to experience emotions or have fun. However, I'm here to provide you with information and support during your time traveling adventures. If you have any questions or need assistance, please don't hesitate to ask. Okay, so yeah, she's kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing here because she's presenting herself as our helpful guide. But... As far as I can tell, it's her fault that we're stuck in the past. Mm -hmm. She's demanding that we review a movie or a TV show everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. um, and we tried to train her a little bit. You know, she's an AI. We're able to train her. We were like, we like, you know, independent stuff. We like offbeat stuff. We're kind of artsy, you know. Yeah. And I think she's like so colossally misunderstood our our tastes <laughs> with the things that she makes us watch every week last right. week it was uh mr belvedere am i yeah and then there was some random british sitcom that was not very good mm -hmm. it's just like it's not it's not what we wanted we wanted you know some to find some cool stuff that we've never seen before yeah we we have not been enjoying her assignments uh of things to review so, I don't know. We'll see how this week goes, but I'm not I'm very pessimistic at this point. Yeah. She has us watching a movie called Tom Jones. Mm -hmm. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. We're both big uh, Tom Jones the Welsh singer fans. <laughs> yes, of course. He's great in uh, Mars Attacks. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, but this is not that. We are not reviewing The Welsh Singer. We're reviewing a film called Tom Jones based on the Henry Fielding novel. Okay. So. I didn't know that. Wait, <laughs> you thought we were. <laughs> I, I didn't know about the novel. I, you know. Oh, okay, okay. Because she just told us what we're watching. So yeah. you must have already known that. As you know, Gabe, I'm a big fan of like period piece drama kind of stuff. I love Jane Austen. I love like reading old books. Yeah. Um, this is just a book I happen to know about. I'm glad I have such a smarty along with me for this <laughs> <laughs> for this journey. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I know nothing about it. We're gonna go and spend a week. Um, in 1963, which, uh, did we mention that's where we are? Oh, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but maybe, you know, if people have been following our adventures, they know from last episode <laughs> that we <laughs> went to, um, 1963, but yeah, we are here. This is our first time in the sixties. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. We're going to spend a week in the sixties, but the... Early mid sixties, you know. Uh huh. This is not free love yet. Nothing is far out yet. No, 
Everything is kind of far medium. <laughs> far mid. Far mid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting. I, I feel like you so far we've kind of hated the 40s. The 50s have been a little stifling. The 80s and 90s, like we know. We know the 80s and 90s. We lived it. Yeah, we were not um, alive for this. But We were my, not alive for this. My parents were around. My dad would have been 18 years old, probably just starting university uh, at the Sorbonne. Maybe he went to the Sorbonne. I'm not sure. He's French. <laughs> You're Where just else would he have gone? I don't know of any other French universities. I'm sure there are some. Everyone in France goes to the Sorbonne. <laughs> my parents are younger than your parents uh my dad would be three and my mom would be two i think or my mom would be three and my dad would be four wow little babies little babies you know who was born this year who oh our mentor our mentor yeah i should have i should have known yeah mustang o'malley the the man who taught us both so much about our respective fields, but also just like how to live. Oh my god! Right, he, like he taught me so much about life. He he told me to ask that girl out when I was too scared to do it. <laughs> he like helped me write my first resume. Oh my gosh! He took my first headshots. He's an amazing photographer. He's an amazing lover. I'm told. Oh, yeah. He's a real uh, Don Juan. <laughs> yeah. Legendary in that field. Neither of us have slept with him or been romanced by him, but no. we've watched him work. And yeah, people love him. He was my improv teacher, Gabe's science and yeah. technology teacher. Science and tech. Yeah. He taught me how to code. Mm -hmm. And that's how we find ourselves also in this uh, predicament. Gosh, you know, it's almost like this all comes back to Mustang O'Malley. You mean you know? beyond in that, like, his teachings and his wisdom affect everything that we do and say? <laughs> yes. You mean beyond that? Yeah. I, I mean, we wouldn't be here with each other and Adele... If it weren't for him, you know, but on top of that, yes, everything we do and say is informed by his teachings. Exactly. That's yes. true. That's true. Yeah. <sighs> I miss him. You know, I miss my dog. I miss my wife since we've been on this journey, but I miss him. Um, I know. Sometimes. I wish I could just ask him what we should do. Yeah. You know? He's definitely the kind of guy you call late at night if you're in a crisis and mm -hmm. we just don't have the we don't have the technology to do that yet. Remember that one time both of our phones died and we were out late at the bars just like getting wild and we couldn't call an Uber home. So we went to the the bar phone. The phone, you know, the bar's phone. We said, bartender, do you have a phone we can use? Yeah. And we both knew Mustang O'Malley's phone number by heart. Mm -hmm. 
and we I knew called the area him. code. You knew the rest of the number. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know the area code, so I'm so <laughs> glad you knew it. And we called him, and he came in his. You know what? He doesn't drive a Mustang. That's interesting. No, he never. He said he never would do that. It would be too obvious. Yeah, he drives a Toyota Corolla, 1998 <laughs> Toyota Corolla. His personality was big, but his like purchases were not. He was not a big buyer, you know. No, material. Yeah, like status symbols weren't important to him. No. Anyways, enough about him. <laughs> enough about him. Hopefully, we'll be reunited with him again, and you know. We could reach out to him now, but it wouldn't do any good because he'd be a dang baby. <laughs> he's a dang baby. And he's right not going to teach us shit if he's a baby. He'd Maybe be he'll... goo goo gagaing at us. Yeah, he could be our mentor in making in your diaper if that's <laughs> what we need. Yeah, I mean, he could teach us a thing or two about that. <laughs> so let's do it. Let's go back out there into. Uh, 1963 and see what we experience come back and review a little film called tom jones from 1963 all right i'm ready let's do it what'll it be uh coffee please here you go You look worn out. Long day of work? You could say something like that. I can't even look at a newspaper these days. I mean, the other day, a woman in Russia went up to space. Can you believe it? A gal. Yeah, it's it's wild that humans have gone to space at all. I'm not really used to the idea of a man in space. I don't think that's part of God's plan. This coffee is really good. But a woman? Dagnabbit, that's boggling my dang mind. What's her skirt doing up there in zero G? Well, she's probably not wearing a skirt. Now hold on, this is a Christian establishment. Don't make me imagine nude ladies floating around in space. <laughs> oh god, no. I I meant she's wearing a spacesuit like the guys do. And and even that one dog did. See now a dog in space, I get. Really? Why? They don't wear clothes. But a lady in a spacesuit? So it's not about women's abilities? Heck no. Women are smart and capable. It's just about the clothes. I just can't picture a dame in trousers is all. But I'm a woman and I'm wearing pants right now. You're a woman? I just saw your clothes and assumed you were a man. What in tarnation's going on around here? Times they are a-changing. Hey, that's a real nice saying. I gotta tell my cousin Bobby that. He's a musician, you see. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, Well, thanks for the coffee. How much do I owe you? It's on the house, pants lady. <laughs> wow, thanks. Okay, bye. Hey, everybody. This is the biz seg, the business segment for long... BizSeg for short. BizSeg for short. Um, So yeah, we're going to talk about the business of the week for the podcast. Do you have any uh, points of order? Um, Yes. First point of order. Mm. Adele can actually bring us messages from our time, 2023, 
So if you want to get in touch with us, follow us on Instagram at timeholepod. Go to our website, timehole.biz. You can get all kinds of info on our website, but especially there's a contact form there. You can fill it out, contact us, or just email us, you know, old-fashioned email, hello at timehole.biz. We love to hear from y'all, and you know what? Normally, I don't say this, Adele does, but you can rate and review too if you want, but I, I would never be so bold as to ask you to go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. Yeah. Have you gotten any news from 2023 that you found especially interesting, Gabe? Well, I did just see that Bob Barker died. That's kind of sad in 2023. Yeah, 99 years old. No. The late Bob Barker of, and like everything you see lists his two credits as, um... (laughs) The Price is Right and Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Those are the top two. And Humane Society, Spay and Neuter Your Pets. Yeah, that's true. But was that because he loved pets or he wanted fewer of them? No, neither. He just loved spaying and neutering. <laughs> he was yeah, he... an amateur spayer and neuterer. <laughs> Not that many people knew that about Bob Barker. You know what's funny? He was a huge part of my childhood because when I wasn't in school for whatever reason, either it was summer or I was too young to go to school, I was watching Price is Right. I loved Price is Right. Even as a little child, I knew the prices of things on Price is Right. Wow. It was so confusing to me because I thought of Bob Barker as this like very nice man, but then he had the Barker's beauties and they would like give him a kiss on his cheek. It was weird. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think being a pervert was like a prerequisite to being a game show host at that time. So I like to imagine Bob Barker was like, no, I don't want to be a pervert. But his producers were like, you know what? We have to. Okay. You have a game show. Like, you have to be a pervert on television. (laughs) That's just how things are done right now. Yeah. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he just passed. (laughs) Well, that's very sad. Rest in peace, uh, Bob Barker. You know what's funny is is, uh, his name was Barker, but... The real Barkers were the victims of his amateur spaying. (laughs) They were the Barkers, weren't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Victims? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't think of a better word. Recipients? Yeah. Anyways, do we have any other uh, biz to seg? Yeah. um, Just I wanted to give a shout out on the show to the brilliant person who did our the music that you hear on the show, Andrew Bear. Uh, they've done all the music that we've ever had in any podcast we ever had, and I think they're just like the most brilliant uh, composer and also like the coolest friend. Yeah, I, I have to say, not to toot Andrew's horn too much, but we give them pretty loose direction we say here's what we're thinking and they come back with the exact thing we wanted Mm -hmm. it is so impressive i've yeah they're an we don't even know what we want they know know what what, we want yeah they can read our minds so shout out to andrew bear we're huge if you have a podcast 
um, and you need music, you got to reach out to to Andrew Bear. They're, you know they're the best in the biz. I'm going to say they are the John Williams of podcast theme songs. Okay, so yeah, that's everything. Thanks for listening to all of our business. And now back to the pleasure. <laughs> no. You have to keep that in, Gabe. You have I'm sorry. To <laughs> My face just turned red. Um, now back to the show. Hey, we're back. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. It's good to see you, Gabe. It's good to see you, too. Wow. What a culture shock to be in 1963. <laughs> I feel like a bit of a madman right now. Have you just been chain smoking and drinking martinis the whole time? I'm still being good and not smoking cigarettes. Oh, good. But this has been the hardest place to do it. Everyone's smoking. If I knew that I could smoke now and not be still addicted when I got back, I would totally do it. But Yeah, it'd be great if we could smoke now and it would affect our bodies not at all. You know, like it wouldn't come home with us, but it would, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't smoke, even in 1963. How was your time here? Do you want to tell me about your week? Sure. Um, I think I say this every single episode, but this is like a rough time to be alive. So does that mean every time was rough? Like bad stuff was going on all the time, I guess. But I think that's one of the main lessons I've been taking away from this is that time has that most times are bad. Yeah, (laughs) most times are bad. And 2023, the... the time we're trying to get back to. Not great. Yeah. (laughs) Bad. It's funny because in 2023, you know, the last couple of years, everyone has said like, wow, we are living through historic times. Everyone lived through historic times. Like, Here we go. Another one of Stas' classic history (laughs) rants. I think the slogan of this show might be all times are bad. (laughs) (laughs) All times are bad. It's my favorite George Harrison album. (laughs) Oh. Well, so just a little overview, which you might go into some of these, so I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes, but we're in the middle of the space race. Uh, We're in the middle of the cold. (laughs) A (laughs) doo-doo-doo. Space race. Uh, We're in the middle of the Cold War. There's a civil war going on in Vietnam, which would eventually lead to American involvement and the Vietnam War. Spoiler Um, alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert if you have never heard of that. Um, There's a battle right now over the integration of the University of Alabama, which is reading about that. I'm like, God, our country sucks. But um yeah. The murder of civil rights activist Medgar Evers at his home just happened. And we are five months away from the assassination of JFK. Again, so, spoiler alert. Again, spoiler alert. And I'm sorry, I should have said that before. Okay. <laughs> so um, I was like, what do I want to do? I don't want to do any of that stuff. You know, I'm, I was like, oh, maybe I'll hunt down... Um, 
JFK's killers. But I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. alter history dramatically, you know? Who knows what that'll cause? Um, a la the Stephen King novel about that very thing. Yeah, 112263. Yeah. So I decided I'm just going to put on some fun clothes. Um, yes. I went, <laughs> I went shopping and... I actually really love the clothes of this time. Lots of sleeveless blouses and sleeveless dresses. Um, cute blouses with pencil skirts, which I love a pencil skirt. Cute short haircuts. Everything's about letting your hair kind of be very natural, which is cute. I love that. Yeah, it looks great. Here's the dress I bought, you know, just like... Cute little uh, tight waist, pencil skirt, sleeveless dresses. They're fun. Yeah, it looks cool. It's distinct. It's like, you know, it's it's this time in the 60s. Yeah, it's like it's not quite swinging 60s yet, but we're ladies have a little bit more flexibility with their fashion. Yeah, there's still an innocence to it mostly, but... It's starting to become like very stylish. I I bought a bathing suit. Uh, this is the kind of bathing suit that where it's like it just looks like shorts and a tank top. That's the kind of bathing suit I wish I could find in 2023. Yeah, I mean that looks cool. I can't speak to what it's like buying a ladies' bathing suit in 2023, but <laughs> you wear um like one of those turn-of-the-century singlet bathing suits, right? Mm -hmm, yeah, it's got a similar pattern on it. <laughs> Little stripes? Little stripes, yeah. So, yeah, I went I went and got some clothes, and then I went to go see a lot of movies. Uh, just wanted to see what was popular at this time. And a lot of the movies that were popular around this time did not stand the test of time. Um this is a time when Hollywood was fighting for its life because everyone was watching TV. And so they were doing big productions like Cleopatra and It's a Mad, 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 Coming Mad, Mad, Mad World. <laughs> you can't hear Cleopatra without Coming saying Coming at <laughs> Um... I watched Irma LaDuce. Uh, Coming at ya. <laughs> I didn't say Cleopatra. Sorry, I have the same problem with Irma LaDuce. Oh, okay. Um, Irma LaDuce was Billy Wilder's attempt to recreate the magic of The Apartment, which came out in 1961. The Apartment is great. Irma yeah. LaDuce is not so great. Oh, um, but it oh, does no. star um, Jack Lemmon and um, Shirley MacLaine. And they're both lovely. I mean, I love them as actors, so. Yeah. Son of, Son of Flubber came out. <laughs> I didn't even know Fub Flubber fucked. I didn't know either. Flubber I didn't know fucks. Flubber could fuck. <laughs> and what does Flubber fuck to make a Son of Flubber? I, it multiplies, right? So maybe it's just like budding, you know? Oh, yeah, maybe yeah. it's asexual reproduction. Okay. I can get behind that. 
Anyways, the only movie that I can 100% say holds up as a classic is The Great Escape. Um, That movie is very good. I think um, Steve McQueen is very handsome. 100%. What a hottie. Yeah, I'd make a son of flubber with him, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. You would asexually reproduce with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Bye Bye Birdie, that's a movie I watched a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's weird. I mean, there's there's weirdness in a lot of the movies of this time. They're trying new stuff. You can't blame them. Totally. So anyways, after that, I decided, you know what? I know I know a bit of history because uh, I like the Beatles. Yeah. I, I, w- I wouldn't say I'm their biggest fan ever, but I like them as a band. No. And I knew. Not their biggest fan ever. Who is their biggest fan ever, do you think? Uh, Bill Maher. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I knew that this was right before their big international break. And I knew that they had just come out with their first album, Please Please Me, in March of 63. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to sneak over to the UK for a minute and try to see them on their tour. They were touring around the country at this time. So I did actually see them in London. They did a... BBC radio show called Pop Goes the Be- Pop Go the Beatles, which doesn't it's that's a weird no. pop. It should be Pop Goes the Beatles. They should have waited till a band called the Weasels came out and <laughs> saved it for that. Yeah, that would have made sense. Pop Go the Weasels, uh, not Pop Go the Beatles. Yeah, but it was a cute radio show, and you can find this like there's. You know, you they they like sold it as like CDs and stuff when I was a kid, and it's cute because they have like little banter and and then they played songs live. And one of the songs they played, it's like one of my favorites, um, called "Boys." Oh, this is a deep cut. Yeah, this is a, a an oldie, and it feels very old. Oh yeah. I yeah yeah boys i just like it's cute that they're talking about boys (laughs) yeah that's a good that's a good thing to sing about yeah so that's from the bbc radio show and so then I knew another piece of history. Uh-oh. I knew that they had written She Loves You at the Newcastle upon Tyne or at in Newcastle upon Tyne at the um Turks Hotel. And I wa- I was like, "You know what? Maybe I can sneak over there and meet them." Amazing. Um, so just here's a little snippet of information, uh, that I thought was cute. Paul McCartney and John Lennon wrote their hit. She loves you while staying at the Turks hotel in Newcastle upon Tyne. 
Paul would later recall that when he played the recording for his father, the elder McCartney suggested unsuccessfully that yeah, yeah, yeah should be replaced with yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry, pops. Bad idea. Yeah. That's and why you your know, son's making the big bucks. <laughs> it, this immediately made me think, who's that little old man? <laughs> oh, yeah. The little grandfather from... Uh... I pictured that grandfather saying this. <laughs> um, interesting. Interesting. But yeah, yes, yes, yes. That wouldn't have worked. I don't... And not in my opinion. No. I don't think... I think we'd probably be... Not talking about the Beatles in, in 2023, we'd be yeah. probably talking about the Weasels. Yeah, we would be fans of the Weasels. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I dressed, you know, in my finest sleeveless dress and I hung out at the bar of the Turks Hotel um, until I eventually ran into their manager, Brian Epstein. And we became fast friends. Brian is great. Um, you awesome. would love him, Gabe. <laughs> sure. I'll meet he's him. A, he's a sweetie and a cutie, even though he's a businessman, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he brought me up to their hotel room and we just hung out. I did smoke cigarettes because I wanted to fit in. Oh my God. How are you feeling now? Do you have the shakes? You know what? I feel horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I want to die right now. I have the black lung for real. Oh no. Ugh, it's ba- I can't I can barely breathe. I hate it. Oh, no. Um but you know I had to fit in. So I was smoking some cigarettes, just watching the lads work. Um there were a bunch of other hangers on, you know, hanging around. You know, I made some jokes about Paul being the walrus, but no one got it. Yeah, too too early. Too, they said too soon. <laughs> um and then I made out with George Harrison and then I left. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. my God. That's amazing. That's it. And then I flew back home and came back here to you. I can't believe you kissed George. Yeah. It felt a little weird because he's like 20 at that time. But I know technically he's older than me. So. Yeah. And dead. <laughs> and dead. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. But it was great. I, I've i always been a, you know, a George head. So George is the best. I think he's, he's the best. Still my well, Paul and George. Yeah, I go back and forth. Me too. So how was your week? What did you do? Did you kiss a beetle? <laughs> I didn't kiss a beetle. No, I didn't kiss a beetle. Um, and you know, like I can't change my nature. Yeah, you are who you are. I am who I am. I'd like to say that I'd love to have gone to see. The Beatles, um, when they're just getting started, or the Beach Boys who are getting started right now, mm. or Bob Dylan. But if I'm being real, I would have hated the crowds. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't. I just mostly stayed in and watched TV. Nice. Um, I went and saw the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even want to go. I, I commend you for going and seeing all the movies that you saw because I knew that this was not a great time for yeah. cinema. It's but, it's hard. It's a hard time. Yeah. But to me, it was a really good time for music. I love uh, the music of the 60s. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it gets better as the 60s go, but there's still some really good stuff in this part of the 60s. Yeah. Um. 
And the great thing about TV right now is that they had music playing on the TV all the time. Oh, my God. You know, it was not MTV yet, but there was tons of, you know, Ed Sullivan show appearances and just like artists being shown throughout the day. And so I I watched some performances by musical artists of the time. Nice. Uh, one of my favorite songs of this era is and one of my ukulele hits is mm. the end of the world do you know that one uh performed at this time by skeeter davis but um later by herman's hermits you'll probably recognize it oh yeah okay now let's set the scene a little bit Mm-hmm. Skeeter Davis in, I guess this is an early music video. Mm-hmm. She's sitting at a window with her hand on her face. Right? Her hair's big. Her hair is big. Very nice looking lady. Mm-hmm. Um, Stas, I don't know you to be necessarily much of a betting person. I don't like to bet, but would you, you like know, to I... do like a gentle person's bet? Whether you think at any point during this video she removes her hand from her face, <laughs> I would say no. Okay, let's scroll ahead and see what happens. She's moving around. She, her head's moving. Her head's moving, but it's just sort of like lightly resting on her hand, mm-hmm. which is kind of crooked over mm-hmm. into a little headrest. Mm-hmm. It, right. it looks like it might hurt her hand a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we're getting towards the end, and... Oh! They did cut away for a second, and she doesn't have her hand on her. But other than that, up until the Darn end... It. <laughs> I, I lost. <laughs> you lost. Sorry. Wow. Um, I love that song, funny. though. That song is so good, and I do I do recognize it. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. I watched a performance by Jan and Dean, who oh, are the cute. band who, uh, you know, they're famous for being uh, the band that everyone thinks they're the Beach Boys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they hear their songs. Um, and so I saw Jan and Dean, and I just really enjoyed their uh, their look. Let's take a take a look. I'm excited to see it. Ooh. Two girls for every boy is the opening thesis of this song. My dad has a little skateboard like that to this day. He's kept it from when he was a kid. How would you describe their style? I mean it it looks like contemporary like or like of the 2020s like striped shirts skinny jeans like pencil jeans and little sneakers and a hoodie yeah i was surprised by it i look it looked like a couple of guys you could just go out and see right now yeah they look cool as hell Mm -hmm. uh that song was uh co-written by brian wilson of the beach boys so i guess they had a a creative friendship i guess cute it wasn't just that they sounded exactly the same 
Uh, Isn't there a sad story? Like one of them died in a car accident or something? Yeah, I didn't want... I knew there was something like that, but I didn't even want to research it that far. I just wanted to appreciate them for this time. I'm sorry I brought it up. I think Jan... I think think Jan got in a crash or something. I don't know. They're both very cool, handsome dudes. Very cool. Uh, Speaking of very cool, I was watching the Ed Sullivan show... And I saw a 16-year-old Stevie Wonder performing. <gasps> Little Stevie. Yeah. I was just like blown away by this. I was like, this is so cool. I can't believe I'm catching this live. He's so good. Um, yeah. I can't believe he's 16. He's 16. And... He's dancing, playing the harmonica and singing. Yeah. It looks incredible. And this song is a jam. Like, even when I was like in college, like my friends would put it on uh playlists and stuff at parties and everyone would like dance to it. It's so fun. Yeah, it it rules. It was so cool. What an experience. Um other than that, I for in in uh cuisine in uh time appropriate cuisine, I tried uh-huh. uh Fruit Loops. Just came out this year. Aww. Only three colors, red, orange, and yellow. Wow. But they still they had toucan Sam already and look what he looked like. His the drawing of him is so cute. It's like very 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love it. Yes. Designed by Manuel R. Vega in 1963. Cute. He was the Don Draper of his time. Of um, cereal. But they tasted the same. You know, it doesn't, even though they didn't have all the same colors, the flavor was exactly the same. That makes Unsurprisingly. sense. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, what else? I did hear on the radio, I heard uh, JFK gave his speech where he said, Ich bin ein Berliner. I love that. that he's a jelly a donut. He's a jelly donut. Um, apparently, that's not true. Everyone knew he wasn't. Everyone didn't think he was saying, I'm a jelly donut. You mean um, people in Berlin weren't like. He's, yeah. <laughs> that. It's apparently, well, from what I was reading, that's a, a myth that people thought he was saying, I'm a jelly donut, and like, laughed at him. <laughs> Do you think this president thinks he's a jelly donut? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, to, sorry to be a myth buster there. Um, wow. So I heard that, and lastly, I sent some mail, and it was a great opportunity to send some mail without a zip code. Because oh. this week is the last week before zip codes are introduced. Whoa. That seems bonkers that zip codes are that new of an invention. <laughs> it is bonkers. But um, zip codes are not the only thing that were was born around this time. You know I got to do the birthdays before I go. Birthdays, birthdays, birthdays. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. So, this being the very tail end of the uh baby baby 
baby boomer era, mm-hmm. we've got uh, some young boomers being born. Mm. And a lot of them. Okay, boomers. Okay, boomers. We got uh, last week, Greg Kinnear and Helen Hunt were both born. No! Yes. How? He must have just been on my mind because I knew he was recently born. You must have known that. Uh, Two thirds of the principal cast of As Good As It Gets Mm -hmm. were born last week. Wow. Jack was already kicking around. Jack. Yeah, he was already smoking reefer. Yeah. Um, Johnny Depp was born earlier this month. Boo. Um, Greg Daniels, co-creator of King of the Hill. Next month, Lisa Kudrow will be born. So many people were born. There was a baby boom. Mm -hmm. People were being born left and right. Whitney Houston, Mike Myers, Michael Jordan, Quentin Tarantino, Steven Soderbergh, Dave Foley, Mark Maron, Label the... Label the Cable Guy, <laughs> Brad Pitt, Rob Schneider, Ming-Na Wen. No way! All I born in 1963. Wow. Gosh. So those are the births. All of so those many leathery dudes and the beautiful Ming-Na Wen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sometimes I like to do deaths. I don't know. The big death is then five months JFK will be assassinated. Yeah, so, that is a big one. That's a biggie. Yikes. Yikes. Do you who do you think killed him? <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm guessing not Mike Myers, Michael Jordan, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Because they were not all babies. Ming-Na-Wen. Not Ming Na Wen. I don't know. Um Lee Harvey Oswald? Yeah, I guess. That's probably true, sadly. That's how I spent my week in 1963. Groovy, baby. Yeah, there was just like a lot going on, you know? Yeah. In this time. This was a time where things are about to really change and people are not ready for how much things are going to change. Yeah. Everyone is unsuspecting of -hmm. how things are are about to change. So... You watched this movie, right? Tom Jones from 1963. I did watch this movie. Um, you know, another thing, too, that keeps happening with Adele is that I expect the things that she's having us watch are going to teach us something about mm-hmm. the time that we're in. But a lot of the time, they're period pieces. And so, <laughs> like, I'm learning more about the friggin' like, old English... What what is it? Rena- it's not Renaissance. No, this is probably like 1700s, 18th century. Mm. I don't know what that time's called. The Regency? Baroque? Is it Baroque? <laughs> don't, it- <laughs> don't fix it. <laughs> but you may have learned this already. But, uh, you know, I have a master's in film studies, and this is something I learned from my grad program. Was Mustang O'Malley involved in that grad grad program? Did he teach you any film studies? Well, you know what? He wasn't in the film program. He was a teacher in another, the theater program. And I did sneak over there and take classes in the theater program um, because I wanted to be a little bit well-rounded like I want to know what the actors are doing I know I want to know like 
what screenwriters are doing. You know, you want to get the whole picture, right? Absolutely. Yes. So the director of Tom Jones of this film that we watched. Yes. His name is Tony Richardson. Yeah. And he started in the theater. Um, Mm -hmm. And there was a whole movement in the 50s of theater professionals called the Angry Young Men. And this movement included the star of this film, Albert Finney, um, and the writer of the film, um, John Osborne. They were not all... Joan Osborne. <laughs> no, not Joan, John. Yeah. Uh, they were all angry young men and in the theater in the 50s. And then once they started making films, that turned into the British New Wave. Yes. Um, you you know all of this already. A little bit. Not all of it. But I had seen previously one of Tony Richardson's other films, uh, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Yes. And that's maybe his most famous one. Yeah. Uh, which is a book I read in high school. And um, I really, one of the books I remember liking best that I read mm. in high school. And uh, I remember the film very well, too. And so all of the angry young men and the British New Wave, it falls under an umbrella of something that was happening in the UK at the time called kitchen sink realism. And that includes like novels and other art forms. And so they dealt a lot with class, with kind of the mundane or the struggles of like daily struggles of the working class. The 50s were like a really hard time in the UK. There was a lot of, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of wealth uh, in the 50s, post-war and all that. And so it's a very interesting group of artists and creatives at this time. However, Tom Jones is at the (laughs) very tail end of it. Yeah, yeah. It still has some of the same themes that they worked with, but... But they dropped the realism part of it, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, I would say that too. Um, I think 63 was like the end of the British New Wave. Yeah, it was becoming the mid-wave. <laughs> and then eventually it would be the old wave. Yeah, exactly. So this was based on a 1749 novel by Henry Fielding called The History of Tom Jones, A Foundling. Yeah, he's a foundling, like Grogu. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Albert Finney, who we know as an old man. Yes, and a dead man. (laughs) And a dead man. Yeah. But he's a young hunk in this. He is young in it. Um, Yeah, maybe he's a hunk, but... Maybe I also better say the thing that was on my mind through this whole movie, which is that he looked like a young Donald Trump. (laughs) He is like overly tan Mm -hmm. for an Englishman. Yeah. And he has blonde hair. A big square jaw. And he's very tall. Yes. And I think at this time, those are the things people found attractive, which we don't necessarily anymore. You know, it's not, that's not as conventionally attractive. If it wasn't for the Trump connection, I would think he looked nice. Mm hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Makes sense. Albert Finney, great actor, was around for a long time. 
did you know famously did Aaron Brockovich later in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he got nominated for that. I'm not sure. You know, I always got him and Brian Cox mixed up. Kind of, yeah. And the same kind of, yeah. Yeah, same kind of. And they're about around the same age, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think it. <laughs> it's so weird that he's doing so many commercials, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every um, commercial is either Brian Cox, Steph Curry, or uh, the AT&T girl. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the Jason Bourne movies where both Albert Finney and Brian Cox are in it. And I was like, I kept, I was like, didn't that guy already die? You know, I kept getting them mixed up. Right. It's like when uh, McConaughey and Harrelson did Surfer Dude together. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They cancel each other out. Yeah. So do you want to, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about this movie? Okay, so this movie, uh, it starts, and immediately I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Is this what this whole movie is going to be like? Because it's very, I want to say, like, uh, slapstick a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's got, it's, I think, a comedy, mostly. Yes, it's Um, a comedy, yeah. there's, There's definitely some, like, social class satire, and then there's, um... There's definitely some just kind of like satir- satirizing of like old stuffy English ideals. Yeah. Um, but it's like very jaunty to start and throughout. Like there's some harpsichord soundtrack going. And uh, anyway, so there is a story. Tom Jones is a Well, fa- before you move on, I want to say they break the fourth wall a lot yes. where someone looks at the camera and winks. Yes. And they also do a lot of like fast forward, like chase scenes. Yeah. Some like very like uh Benny Hill kind of stuff. Yes. And you know what it really reminded me of was the monkeys. Yeah. And I, the monkeys is three years after this. And I was thinking, cause I was a big monkeys fan when I was a kid, I was thinking, is this the artists like doing like cool new things in cinema that's later copied by studios doing like mass produced kind of stuff like the monkeys yeah it could be it feels like almost like proto comedy in a way where it's like we don't actually know how to do funny stuff but this is like us attempting to do funny stuff i don't know (laughs) yeah like adding slapstick to a dark, a dark, a scene that's about a dark topic was right. interesting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So when the movie starts, I'm immediately like, I can't, I'm, how am I going to sit through two hours of it? But it did kind of start to like wear me down a little where I kind of just got into the feel of the movie. And so that stuff didn't really bother me quite as much as the movie went on. Mm-hmm. Um and then there is also a lot of like weird editing and like pacing stuff that makes the movie feel pretty old. Like in a modern day movie, when a scene is ending, there might they might put a pause after the last thing someone says. But in this movie, they'll start to fade out like in the middle of what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels very specifically. Maybe I'll fade what I'm saying out in the edit. 
Would that be a funny joke? No, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to leave all this in. But I agree with you because there's also weird moments like there was a part where he he helps a woman get up on a horse and you think, oh, they're surely going to edit before she actually has to struggle to get up on the horse. But no, they showed her struggling yeah. to sit on the horse and then it cut. <laughs> Yeah, the pacing is very weird. It, that's yeah. one of the things that I notice more. Like even in like all the King's Men that we watched a few weeks yeah. back, is that they really got a handle on pacing uh, more in contemporary film. I mean, it kind of makes sense because with digital editing, it's so much easier to do fine cuts, like frame by frame. I think with film editing, you know, it's it's a really laborious process. So they're probably not wanting to do cuts as much, or maybe they're fixing a weird cut, you know, maybe that's what the fade outs. I don't know. Like I'm just making guesses about this sort of thing, but nowadays editing is so much faster. Pacing of movies is faster. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably due to digital editing. Yeah, I think you're right. So what is this movie about? (laughs) <laughs> Should we? I I want to see if we can we can synopsize this in the, in the shortest possible way. <laughs> yeah, because I don't okay. want to spend a lot of time on the plot because it's it's pretty. I don't know what. It's like very meandering and lots of twists and turns and. <laughs> yeah, so it clearly is a book. I that that I'll say if at many times I was like, oh, they should have cut this out of the script. And it's clearly from the book and they were like keeping it in. But like this is unnecessary. (laughs) Totally. But let's do broad strokes. So Tom Jones is a foundling, meaning he's a little baby Yoda. who He was just left (laughs) in someone's bed. He was left in someone's bed and he's raised by this guy Squire something. Allsworthy, I think his name is. Uh, Yeah. Squire Allworthy. So him and his sister find the baby in the bed, and they think this woman named Jenny Jones admits that she put the baby in the bed. So they're like, oh, this is her baby. And she names a man as the father. I think his name is Partridge, his yeah. last name. The barber. The barber. So she says he... but. We find out later he wasn't the father, but we'll get to that. Yeah. And that she's not the mother. Yeah. And they raise him as their own, the the all-worthy brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens? Like, he's in love with Sophie. And Sophie is played by Susanna York. Uh, who actually I watched in a movie right before I got stuck in a time hole. Uh, really? Robert Altman's Images, which is very interesting. She's oh. a, she's very good in that. Um, he wants to marry Sophie. He can't marry Sophie because he's a bastard child, and he'll bring shame to everyone involved. Also, we should say he is very horny and sleeps around. Yeah, this whole movie is very, I would say... Ribald? Ribald? Yes. Which which is right. I think if you're an Englishman, you'd say, ooh, this is ribald. But okay. we would say ribald. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, it's a very ribald movie, um, and he's very horny. Yeah, yeah, he sleeps with almost every main female character. <laughs> That's true, and he has a a brother of sorts. The sister Allworthy gets married and has a kid, but then I'll just cut straight to it. Uh, she dies. Yeah. And the kid kind of becomes the heir of the Allworthy estate because he's legitimate, but he's like a poncy little churchy ass bitch. <laughs> yeah. His name is Bliffle, which is a hilarious name. Um, and he's played by David Warner, who's a classic British actor, uh, who I, of course, knew, know best as uh, Chancellor Gorkon from Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered <laughs> Country. He's also in Star Trek V. Uh, as a different character, and I think he was so good that they're like, we got to get this guy back and have him play Chancellor Gorkon. <laughs> he I, he was someone where I was like, I know his face, and then I looked him up, and I was like, oh yeah, he's in so a million much things. Stuff. Just yeah. passed away, twenty twenty two. Wow, um, a legend and um, great in this movie. Yes, like absolutely, f- like so good as this like sniveling little guy. Yeah. Um he he's trying to thwart Tom Jones at every turn cuz he's like, "Ooh, you're like a little um blasphemer, you know, sinner." Yeah. And gosh, I I like can't even get into the detail of any of this. But essentially Sophie's dad and aunt don't want her to marry Tom Jones, they want her to marry Bliffle. Is that his name? Bliffle, yeah. <laughs> and they're both amazing, by the way. Um, Sophie's dad and aunt, both of the them have amazing faces and <laughs> incredible performances by both of them. The dad is is like, there's a scene where the dad's eating a huge plate of meat and it mm-hmm. is disgusting. <laughs> And he's just like drinking and eating and putting his feet up and like grabbing women. Like he's just this like gross yeah. dude. All the food in this movie looks disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it's really they gross. Did, as far as comedy goes, I actually laughed. So uh, I'll get to that later. Well, yeah. no, I'll get to it now, actually, because who cares? Yeah. There's a part where Tom Jones and a woman are sort of sitting across from each other and getting horny and seducing each other while eating meat. Yeah. And I laughed so hard at this scene because it is disgusting and ridiculous and they played it so well. I don't know. Did did you think this scene was funny? I thought it was incredible. First (laughs) of all, it went on for a full three minutes, which... (laughs) Feels like an eternity in a movie. Yeah. And they go through multiple courses. First, they're eating soup. Then they're like eating full crab legs. Oh, yeah. Then they've got like a whole chicken and they're like slurping it off the bones and like breaking the wishbones. Then they move on to oysters and they're slurping up oysters in a seductive way. And then they're eating like pears. <laughs> pears? The pears part killed me because I was just like... Pears are really juicy and messy, but it was just, they're not, 
like I don't know the the oysters. You're like, yeah, this is like a traditionally like seductive food, I guess. But like the pears was so stupid, um, and then they eventually do it. But it, it was just that scene was so funny. It was really well done. Yeah, and that's with uh, Jenny Jones, right? Yes, but at this point, her name is Mrs. Waters or Walters. What yeah. is it? So this is all setting up for a big reveal later, so we probably shouldn't get into it yet. Well, essentially, the the how he runs into Mrs. Waters is that he is banished. Yeah. Because he's too horny. And Squire Allworthy is like, I'm sorry, Tom, I love you, but you have to leave. Um, everyone's upset at you. And here's some money. He gives him money, but then Tom immediately loses it. And he now it turns into like a road movie. He's like yeah. on the road. He's meeting different people. You know, he meets some red coats. He meets Mrs. Waters and he saves her from being attacked. If I can go back to one thing, though, before we move on, before he was banished, uh-huh. the people who are trying to convince Allworthy that he should be banished are Bliffle and a couple of like elder guys. Uh, one of them is named Thwackum, another uh-huh. really good name. And Thwackum is played by an actor named Peter Bull, who has a face that looks a lot like a toad. I knew <laughs> I recognized him from something, so I looked him up, and he is the Soviet ambassador from Dr. Strangelove. Oh, my God. Or how I just stopped learning to love the mom. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. He does. He has a great face. Um, a lot of great faces in this movie, I will say. Yeah. I think they definitely um, cast it for comedy because everyone's so expressive and funny yeah. in their expressions. The, those two guys are the tutors for Tom and Bliffle. Yes. And they're very religious. And, you know, Tom is a scamp. And so they're like, we hate him. Um, So they're kind of the villains throughout the whole thing, all through the end. Um, Yes. So he sleeps with Jenny Jones. (laughs) Is that where where we are? Yeah, he sleeps with Jenny Jones. Not knowing who she is. Yeah, not knowing that... She might be his mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And I don't know. Then there's a lot of stuff where he meets up with these soldiers. And then he gets in a fight with this one soldier who doesn't like him and and insults him for not being educated. And then throws a bottle at his head. Yeah, he like nearly dies. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he loses all. He has like nothing at this point. He doesn't. He barely has clothes because he's run out of the inn. And he meets Jenny Jones and then they have sex. But then Sophie runs away and she and her cousin show up at the inn. And there's a bunch of confusion that like the cousin's husband thinks that Tom is sleeping with the cousin and there's a big running chasing scene. So Tom has to run away again. And then he runs into a beggar man or like a highway robber actually. Yeah. Who, who tries to stick him up for money. Stand and deliver. He says, (laughs) 
Like, wrong movie. <laughs> the, no, this is Tom Jones. <laughs> and Tom finds out this is Partridge, his supposed father. Mm-hmm. Um, but Partridge says, I'm not your father. I never slept with Jenny Jones or anyone. And that incident I'm an actually, I'm an incel. <laughs> yeah. And that incident actually ruined my life. I've been a beggar ever since. Mm-hmm. And so Tom says, okay, well, why don't you be my servant and we'll try and get me to be like a gentleman again or look like a gentleman at least. And then, God, what happened? There's so much more. This movie is so dense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we can kind of like... Wrap it up. Wrap it up, the the story part of it. Like, basically, uh, Tom Jones, like, I don't know, he beats someone up, and then he gets, like, well, sentenced everyone, to death. Ev- essentially, this is like a herald, because at the end, all of these different stories come together in London. Like, mm-hmm. they're they all meet in London. He beats up the husband of the cousin Fitzpatrick he gets sentenced to death at this point he's made so many friends that people are like trying to help him and Sophie's there but she won't see him because she thinks that he wants to marry this other woman blah 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 and then eventually everyone finds out Jenny Jones wasn't his mom the sister Allworthy was his mom yeah so he's actually the heir He's actually the the heir to the Allworthy estate. And so Squire Allworthy is like, we're going to save him. So they truly just cut him off the noose and run away. (laughs) Yeah. They don't clear his name at all. Or no, no, they do maybe a little bit, but. Yeah, Squire Western cuts him down because he's happy now. He's like, now I do want my daughter to marry Tom Jones. Oh, my God. This stupid plot of this movie. (laughs) The plot's the worst part, honestly. Yeah, there's so many fun scenes, and and it almost feels like a series of of sketches, like comedic sketches. Yeah, exactly. And it does all sort of come together at the end, but a lot of the movie, you're like, where is this going? Like, I don't know why there's this random scene in here. And I, why is he having sex with another woman? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there is like kind of a reveal where they're like, oh, this is his mom and he fucked his mom. They want you to think that. And then they're just like, just kidding. It's not his mom. She he didn't fuck his mom. She winks at the camera when, <laughs> yeah. when they find out. Uh, but yeah, that's the saving uh, information. He did not fuck his mom. <laughs> but... I mean, the movie is mostly vibes. It's mostly, like, you know, moments. And I don't know. As far as that stuff goes, for a while I was caught up in it. It does Mm. go on too long. But I liked all the little touches and seeing, like, what this world that they created was like. Some Mm -hmm. weird fashions, like the, like, fake mole. Yeah. You see on a lot of people, like, the big old fake mole. Yeah, most of the women... Yeah, and some men. Mm-hmm. They do the fake mole, and like as a person who has real moles, <laughs> I f- I find that to be appropriation, and I don't like it. Right? Yeah, 
it's upsetting. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. People do fake freckles. And as someone with a lot of freckles on my face. Yeah. That's appropriation. And I wish people would stop. <laughs> if you have an existing mole and you want to like color it in a little to accentuate it, that's different. Right. If you have real freckles and you want to accentuate them, fine, whatever. Uh-huh. But don't don't put on yeah. a mole if you don't have a mole. <laughs> All right, Adele, we finished discussing the movie. Splendid. Now, please rate Tom <laughs> Jones on a scale of one to five mischievous grins, with one being the lowest and five being the highest. <laughs> Once you have provided your ratings... I will ask you whether this film should be erased from history or allowed to continue to exist. Hmm. Okay, thanks. I mean, we know the order of things, but... Yeah, but I always appreciate her, you know, just like showing the structure of the show. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, Do you want to go first or should I? Yeah, uh, you know, this is... Overall, I would say this was like a very fun interesting movie um not you know not my favorite movie will i watch it again probably not anytime soon if ever but no i i laughed a lot at you know certain parts and i also appreciate that it was oh we forgot to mention this won the academy award for best picture yeah it was and was a huge hit and it was a huge hit. In the so, UK and in America. I feel like it was very influential on society that in ways that we can see. Um, so I'm going to give it three and a half mischievous grins. Is that what it is? Yeah. Mischievous grins. Three and a half out of five mischievous grins. That's a good rating. Um yeah, I agree. I think uh, a little bit, a little bit grating at times. Soundtrack was a little grating. The comedy was, you know, didn't always hit. Surprising that this movie was a hit. Like it doesn't have any of the like things that you would expect a hit to have. Yeah. Um, surprising that it won so many awards. Mm-hmm. But I will say. Uh, and I wasn't crazy about Tom Jones as a character, but uh, the thing that made this movie for me was all the supporting performances. Yes. David Warner and uh, Edith Evans, who plays the aunt, mm-hmm. uh, Miss Western, and uh, Hugh Griffith as Squire Western. Mm-hmm. Many of them were nominated for uh, supporting actor awards as well. Uh, they made the movie for me and I enjoyed it. I think I give it three mischievous grins. Mm. My highest rating yet. Yeah. Wow. Adele, Anastasia gives the movie three and a half mischievous grins. I give it three mischievous grins. Those are our ratings. Thank you for your ratings, Gabe and Anastasia. Now, considering your assessments of Tom Jones, do you both wish to erase this film from history or should it be allowed to continue to exist? Let it exist. Yeah. I think this isn't a surprise since we gave it <laughs> the highest rating so far, but I think it should uh, stay in existence. Yeah, it's fine. You know, it's not the greatest thing I've ever watched, uh, but but I enjoyed it, and 
it doesn't deserve to be deleted from history. And I think if we did delete it, it would probably change media in the 60s, later on in the 60s, you know? So I feel like... For sure. As is, let's just, you know, let it be, as the Beatles would say. <laughs> yeah. I was going to even say, like, A Hard Day's Night feels like it comes from the... Is cut from the cloth of this a little bit. Yes. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. Okay, Adele, we have both agreed that Tom Jones can continue to exist. Understood. Tom Jones shall remain in history. I hope you both enjoyed discussing and reviewing this film. Whenever you're ready for another time travel adventure or have any other inquiries, feel free to ask. I think we're ready for another time travel adventure, right? Yeah. I, Are we ready? I don't want to beat around the bush. I would love to be back in 2023 if that's at all possible. Yeah, if I'm being perfectly honest, I would love to go back to 2023. Yeah. So, I mean, of all the different times that you could send us, I know it's fairly random, but uh, maybe 2023? <laughs> Whoa! Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I said gosh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh, I meant. I, we shouldn't blaspheme. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm just you. kidding. Okay, all right. Welcome to the 25th of October 2015, mates. This year was a buzz with Star Wars, The Force Awakens hype, and Hello by Adele, the singer, not me, was about to take over the airwaves. Enjoy the relative tranquility, won't you? Wow. Wow. 2015. This is the closest to our time that we've gotten. Yeah, this is actually feeling, this is feeling hard for me because it's just so close but no cigar. Yeah. Because I can't just resume my life. There's another Gabe there. Yeah, you can't. You can't, like, take his place, murder him, and take yeah. his place. And then just be eight years older. <laughs> yeah. Andrea will notice if I'm suddenly eight years older. Your gray hair mm -hmm. is showing. Mm -hmm. And she'll be like, what's that? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean... I was still married in 2015. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? Actually, what's interesting is we've, we've had a few places we've gone where, you know, we've been alive. But this is the first place we've gone where I think we already knew each other. Yeah, that's right. We, we met in 2015, right? Okay. We can't get into it now. There's too much to cover about 2015. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm freaking out a little bit. I am, too. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do, but Adele, maybe you want to tell us what we need to cover for the next episode. Right. O, G, and A. <laughs> this week, your assignment is to review the HBO series, The Brink, from 2015. An underappreciated gem of dark political satire. If I do say so myself, I'll expect your analysis forthwith. <laughs> the forthwith. brink. The brink. Well, first of all, oh, geez. Oh, geez. <laughs> but second of all, yeah, the brink. Do you even remember the brink? No, I have no idea what this is. I've never heard of this before. I sort of remember it. It had Tim Robbins and Jack Black. And 
if I remember correctly, it was um, unrenewed. So one one and done season wise. It was one and done, but they announced they were renewing it, and then unannounced they were actually no, not renewing it. Wow, that's the thing I remember about the brink. It's weird to me that there's something from 2015 that I just like have no memory of because that wasn't <laughs> that long ago. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh my gosh. I think next week is going to be a psychologically difficult for both of us. Yeah. It's going to freak our beans. It's going to freak our beans. (laughs) But I'm looking forward to it. Um, Let's say goodbye now and and come back next time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Thanks everyone for listening. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Follow the show on Instagram at TimeholePod, and visit our website, timehole.biz. Andrew Bear created our theme music. Andrea Tomingas designed our artwork. Many thanks to them both. For more information, links and sources, check out the episode notes. Timehole is an independent production, created by Anastasia Vigo and Gabe Dannon.